With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show. Your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. And the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. of champions indoor football as that is me and it i would be remiss if we didn't talk about the games that happened uh here a little bit early as we had some good games last night some final minute things going on a team that really has had a hard time scoring in champions indoor football at vital times um that would be the salina liberty uh who took was a game in the coffin and they were unable to do so. As the beef had went to their backup quarterback, uh, that was the best shot for the Liberty right there, uh, but they couldn't get the offense going in that game as well. So that was one of the things. When I looked at the game and I saw how that game was going, um, probably about three to four minutes left to go in the first half of that game. For the rest of the game, I saw about, uh, I I would say three quarters of the way of the second quarter that unfortunately for the Salina Liberty, the offense just kind of just got in what I would call a stagnant, they were running the ball really, really good in that football game. And they were unable to move forward and keep the ball running on the offensive side of the ball. Also, not scoring on vital turnovers was a big, big thing in that game last night. 
And when you look at the numbers and you look at the stats of that game, where as far as Salina, Salina only scored seven points in the second half of that football game. They actually had the lead going into halftime, sixteen to ten. And Omaha wasn't playing like out of their mind, but they did score sixteen in the second half, which provided them with the victory in the end of the game. In fact, with 52 seconds, it took a 22-yard field goal uh, for Benny Hanapy to get the victory for that football team. And that right there says a lot about a football team scoring only seven points in the fourth quarter. That came with five minutes and 36 seconds uh, left to go as a German used his legs to get in there for a touchdown, and they actually tied the game at 23. So with five minutes and 36 seconds left to go in that game last night, they had kind of a little excitement going on uh, as far as the ending, which is one of the great things about this league. It's one of the great things about champions indoor football as that they, they have been able to provide some great entertainment there at the last portions of these football games. So, uh, and, and last night did not at all disappoint. Uh, it was a good game. Um, and while you watch that game, you just kind of see where each team, that including the Omaha Beef, have got to improve on. Omaha Beef have got to be able to hold on to the ball and take care of the ball and score. And last night, folks, if you look at the numbers, okay, and and I'm not particularly a numbers guy. That having been said, that game last night, only 49 points were scored in that game. Last night, the Bandits scored 53 when they took on the Ironmen as the Ironmen went to Sioux City, and this game actually was a very good game as well. In fact, at halftime, this game, you know, had Sioux City only up by 7, 27 to 20. And in fact, in the third quarter, the Ironmen tried to get back into it, but it was that fourth quarter. It was a guy that they have to depend upon if they're going to win, and I'm talking about one Sioux City Bandits, they they go to their they go to their guy that makes plays, and that's Dominic Carson. Eight rushes, fifty four yards, three touchdowns last night. And Tyler Gasser it was just you know, just average at best, and they got that victory. Which tells you when you look at this and you see the scores that were uh, points that were scored in this game and only one touchdown pass. The defense was playing well, and obviously the defense was playing well in this game as they had the score to get into this game. Seven touchdowns offensively, all of them coming via the rush. Three of them, Dominique Carson, Jeffrey Mack, and Frederick Bruno, as well as uh, Taylor Kassour, got in for the touchdown. So, you, you just look at the numbers and you, you have to see what they're doing. If they're not throwing the ball particularly well, they'll go to the run. If they're not running the ball very well in Sioux City, they'll throw the football. They can make adjustments whether they're not playing good 
or just find the open holes in order to get the victories. And that's one thing when you look at Sioux City and where the standings are right now in Champions Indoor Football, that's the reason why they're sitting up on top. They're 7-1. and one. So you, you got to look at the numbers and you got to ask yourself, as a football team within the North, the second best team in this division is the Bloomington Edge at 5-3. and three. And frankly, one of those games, as far as the uh, Bloomington Edge are concerned, they really should be 4-4 four and four on the season. And then Omaha, they improved to 4-3 and three in the Northern Division. They're in third place. While the Bismarck Bucks are 3-4, and four, they held on to that fourth and final spot as far as playoffs are concerned, if they started now. Western Michigan dropped the 3-5. and five. This was an opportunity for this football team to make some strides and get into playoff contention. Now they got to start winning football games as there's only four games left in the season for West Michigan. So they've got to put it together and get going. Kansas City 1-6, and 0-6 for the Salina Liberty. That's what's happening in the north and the south in Champions Indoor Football. The Amarillo Venom, they are Six and zero on the season. They take on the Texas Revolution today. That's the game that I have to attend. And the Dodge City Law right behind them at six and one. This is a big game for Amarillo. They have got to get that victory because if you look at the numbers and you see what's at, what's going on as far as that's concerned, uh, Dodge City couldn't slip right into that first place category. The Texas Revolution, they are 4-2. and two. They have lost two games in a row. This is a team that has got to get their victory here today, and I don't know if that's something that's going to be able to happen as Amarillo has already taken care of this team right here at the Allen Event Center. So that's going to be a great game here today. Uh, the Dallas Marshals are right behind the Texas Revolution at 4-3. and three. If the Texas Revolution drop this game, the Dallas Marshals will move up into third place, and Texas will drop the fourth position as they got a victory already um, and have the better uh, tiebreaker over the Duke City Gladiators, who are 4-3. and three. Wichita in the fourth, they are 3-4, and four, and 0-7 and for the Syntex Cavalry. That's the way Champions Indoor Football is wrapping up right now and where the standings are. And as far as this week is concerned, we already talked about the game that's happening today as the Texas Revolution are at home. Dodge City, we just talked about it, where they're at. They're 6-1 and one out on the season. Okay, they take on a phantom team that's 1-6. However, they have improved at the quarterback position as they grab up Bernard at the quarterback position. Now, this team, as far as we talked about at the beginning of the year, on paper, this team is stacked. Unfortunately for Kansas City, they have not been able to put together the paper and unwanted to make it a nice, smooth piece of paper and meaning victories. So they have got this one here is a big-time game for Kansas City. Now, Kansas City needs to improve because this is one of those new expansion teams that have got to get victories to show the area that they are viable in indoor football and to bring the fans out. So a winning streak is almost a must for Kansas City on where they're standing. So I love what's going on up in Kansas City. I love the paper, but unfortunately the paper has not developed into W's, and that's what is really, when you talk about it, that's what it's all about. You've got to be able to get wins in this league. 
And I'll tell you, though, the good thing about champions indoor football, if you go on a four-game winning streak, you could just put yourself in a position to where you can um, be right there in playoff contention. A four-game uh, – so Kansas City, if they get this victory, this is a, this is a must-win for this football team today as they are going in at one and six on the season. A victory here, one and seven, almost seals their fate. It's completely out of the rankings for for a playoff spot. <coughs> Excuse me. So, Kansas City, they are on the road, and they have got our Kansas City at home as the law are on the road. Law's a good football team, folks. I'm going to tell you, that's a team that Sean Ponder has put together and is a consistent football team, only lost to Texas Revolution in Allen here in the building over at the Allen Event Center. It's only lost for this football team. So when you look at the standings and champions in indoor football, what does that mean? We're going to have yet another good season going into the last four to five weeks of this season. An exciting week but there's still a lot of football to be played. So I'm looking forward to what's heading our way as far as getting into the parts of champions indoor football that are going to be very important. And I like what we're getting in champions indoor football. Now, granted, I'm a little bit biased as I am the director of operations of this league, but seeing where the league started out and seeing how this, Four teams in each conference wrap up the rest of the season. Sioux City, probably in. But the rest of the three other positions, we're only talking about from the West Michigan Ironman to second place to the Bloomington Edge is only two games with four to go. So that's going to be crazy good this week. And you can start watching Champions Indoor Football over on Eversport TV, www.eversport.tv. Go into Pro, go into Indoor Football, then go to CIF. And you'll see the um, – you can watch the games there. Dodge City game starts at 2.05 today over in Kansas City. And the Texas Revolution starts at 3 o'clock as the Amarillo Venom are on the road. Taking on the Texas Revolution. Should be great games heading this way. Should be a good game as far as what we expect week in and week out out of football teams and champions indoor football. Two games last night. Two tonight. Let's take a look at what's happening and the rest of the week. Next week. Short week for the Texas Revolution as they are going to on take go on the road to take on the Salina Liberty. Then the Syntex Cavalry, they take on the Dallas Marshals. That should be a good game. That should be a good game. We're gonna find out how good the Marshals are as as they gave the Texas Revolution their second loss of the season. And then the Dodge City Law. They are on the road again next week on Saturday. Take on the Wichita Force. That's always a great game. Then the Kansas City Phantom, they go on the road. They take on the Omaha Beat. This is a vital game for both 
football teams. Playoff implications in that game for the beef and the Phantom just trying to win some games to show their home team that they can get in there and be a good indoor football team. The Sioux City Bandits, they are on the road. They're going to take on the Bismarck Bucks. And then the Bloomington Edge travel up to Western Michigan to take on the Ironmen. And the Duke City Gladiators, they are at Amarillo to take on the Amarillo Venom. Big slate of football games next weekend, Champions Indoor Football, um, as all of the teams in Champions Indoor Football, will be in action. All seven games are on Saturday, which means Thursday, very busy day for Sunday Park, getting the, uh, getting the rosters all set. Seven games, Saturday night. Don't miss out on next Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun in Champions Indoor Football. Looking good in Champions Indoor Football to be yet another season going down to the last weeks of the uh, uh, or the last week of the schedule. So, just quick look um, again right here and for the locals right here. Got nothing better to do this afternoon. Head on over to the Allen Event Center at three o'clock. That should be a good game and should be ready to rock and roll. So, what I'm going to do? We're going to take a quick break in the on the Couch Potato Sports Show, uh, somebody needs some more coffee. Um, and so that is going to be the start off the hat. Um, we'll get some more coffee in, Sonny Clark. You know, right now I'm at a quarter of a tank. I need to get about half a tank. So the next cup of coffee, you get me at a half a tank. And then we'll start talking about some of the things that are happening in other sports. Cuervo will be joining us here soon, probably at the top of the hour, um, to uh, talk NFL draft. Big time things, and I've got a surprise on who I think did very well in the draft this year and probably the most improved, and it's going to make a division in football. It's going to make it very, very interesting this season. So you can watch out for that. There's one team that quietly made some big, big time moves in order to put themselves in a position for playoff contention in the NFL. We'll also take a look at some of the NBA uh, when we come back here on the Couch Mateo Sports Show, we'll talk about the playoffs and where they are and what teams made it, what teams are not. There's games going on today as well. We'll be back here on the Couch Mateo Sports Show. And that being said, at Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-star HVAC contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-star HVAC contractors serving Relev 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-star HVAC contractors. 
Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, it is it's fresh. This is Sonny Clark, Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. getting started as we get ready to start talking about some of the things that have happened this week um, because let's just be honest lots of things happened from Thursday to now and the guy that was able to cover it in case you didn't know that's right it's Grandma on a Sunday morning good morning my friend as we are here uh, big time show that you had on Friday I kind of helped you get started off but then, of course, business got in the way. Uh, but looking at the NFL draft and your coverage of, on Thursday night and obviously yesterday as they finish out the rest of the draft, you know, a very interesting um, 
year as far as the draft is concerned? Because let's be honest, Cuervo, between you and me going into this game, well, actually between you and me and everybody who happens to listen to this, I wasn't all that interested. I got to be honest with you, my man. This was one of those down years at the draft. However, what ended up happening when you have years like this, you see teams do what happened in this this draft. Teams moving up, teams moving down, blah, 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 trading picks, getting draft picks here and there, which is the roller coaster of what the draft is, my friend. Good morning. How are you? Uh, good morning, Sonny, and my apologies for showing up uh, late. Uh, I, I slept. I slept. I overslept. I mean, that, that's something wow. I rarely, rarely do. So um, I woke up to your message, and it was like, about 15 minutes after the show started, I was like, holy crap, so I need to hurry up. I got the indoor football all covered within the first 20 minutes and the first uh, coverage of our co- uh, commercials, so we did good. Very nice, very nice, good. So, yeah, you know, Sonny, this was uh, a year that um, broke a record for trades, as you just mentioned. There was actually yes. mm-hmm. uh, more trades than, than in any other draft, so – you know, when you mentioned that there was a lot of moving up and down, that's absolutely, you know, correct because, again, it, it, it this year broke the record for most trades in an NFL draft. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was real interesting how, how GMs, their mindset is now compared to how it was maybe 10 years ago. You rarely saw any trades happen in the draft, and now it's, it's almost the norm. You expect – somebody to do it within the first five picks you expect somebody to move up move down um or you know in between whatever um so the fact that it happened you know this year uh as much as it did is really should not excuse me shouldn't really be a big surprise to people i i uh, that is what you expect and that's what the nfl is <clears throat> excuse me frog in the throat um you take a look at the uh, talent levels that were going out. And they really, in reality, Cuervo, the lack of of uh, excitement really going into this draft. It was – there wasn't those big names that were going out, uh, except uh, maybe the, the number one pick. I mean, when you look at Miles Garrett, you, you knew the guy was a stud. But outside of that, I mean, that was no great big surprise, except for the fact the surprise that the Browns didn't blow it and take somebody else, um, which would have made for an even better draft. Uh, but where the the football team is, and it started off with the number two pick in your Chicago Bears. Let me tell you something. They had their eyes on Miles Garrett, hoping that the, the Browns would go quarterback so they could grab him up. And But, you know, then they got desperate. This was a football team that got completely desperate. And Cuervo, I just want to find out, is this your guy at the quarterback position? Was this the guy, if you were going to draft, would this have been your guy to try to bring the Chicago Bears, let's be honest, back to relevancy, because they haven't been relevant in the NFL in quite some time. Yeah, yeah, they haven't, Sonny. And, you know, the, one, the, and the, the biggest reason for it is obviously – as we all know, that you know, Chicago Bears don't have, they don't exactly have the best history of, of quarterbacks in the franchise. So, um, you know, for all those that that complained and and whined and cried and wanted to chase Jay Cutler out of town, if you go look at the numbers, he's actually the best quarterback in Bears history. So, yes, uh, yeah. you have you have that. Now, I'm one of those that that kind of I wouldn't say 
gave up on him uh, the last couple of years. I just kind of I gave up on his attitude. I just got fed up with his attitude and his his no you know his whatever mentality. Um, so you know it was time for a change. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't, hey hey I appreciate as a fan everything he did for the or you know for the team. Because again, I mean, he broke he broke records, and it doesn't take much to break Bears records when it comes to quarterbacks. But he did it. So now, is Trubisky the guy I wanted to see the Bears draft if they were going to take the quarterback? In all honesty, no. Uh, I think the obvious choice was Deshaun Watson, the the, the proven uh, leader, the proven winner, the the guy that 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 has multiple years in college under his belt as a starter. However, Sonny, when you really when you when you really take a step back and you, you you really think long and hard about it, I have to ask I have to ask a relevant question here. All these quarterbacks that, that go on to uh and I can't remember if Deshaun Watson won the Heisman as well this year. I I, don't, I can't remember if he did or not, but the ones that go on to, you know, win national championships, win the Heisman trophy how often do those guys pan out? Let, let's let's ask a real honest question here. How often do those guys pan out? Because when I think of those guys, I think of Tim Tebow. I think of, um, you know, Sam Bradford, who won a Heisman Trophy. I think of Johnny Manziel, who won a Heisman Trophy. I think of, uh, you know, A.J. McCarron, who won a national championship. I think of, uh, you know, and out of those four quarterbacks that I just mentioned, how have their careers gone? Let's start with Tim Tebow. He was out of the league in mm-hmm. three years. A.J. McCarron, fighting to, to be a backup in Cincinnati. Nobody wants to trade for the guy. Johnny Manziel, let's not even go down that road. All right. And then last but not, who was the last one that I mentioned? It was, um, see, I can't even remember now because it doesn't, it's Sam Bradford. Well, yeah. You know Sam Bradford's story. He's, he's uh, you know, mediocre at best. So, and can we honestly say that those guys have had good careers? No, but the but the problem is we make this as as analysts uh, on ESPN, and that's we're we're not that, but as fans and, and the ones that are on ESPN, they continue to make the same mistakes. I mean, we continue to fall in love with the same guys, the guys that have been the proven winners and the Heisman Trophy winners. Vince Young's another example. Didn't win the Heisman mm-hmm. the national championship. How did Robert Griffin. RG3, Heisman Trophy winner. How did, how's his career going? You know, I mean, the list continues on and on. You, you know, you can be decorated in college, and that's great. But does it guarantee translation into the NFL? No. Well, doesn't. that's obvious it's not. Right. So was I furious at first? Oh, yeah. I, I, if you go back and you listen to the show, Sonny, I was speechless. I couldn't believe what had happened when the Bears traded up. And I was like, why are they trading up to get either Solomon Thomas or Jamal Adams? Like, that was my first thought. I had, mm-hmm. I did not have quarterback in mind at all. So I'm like, we signed Mike Lennon in the three-year deal. We're, you know, we're, I don't think we're too worried about quarterback. And mm-hmm. then when they, when they said, when Commissioner Goodell said the name Mitchell Trubisky, I, it, it was like everything just went silent in my head. And I, I couldn't believe what just happened. And but now that that it, it's been a couple of days, and I've taken the opportunity to digest it, I tell you what, Sonny, 
it's about time that we have a general manager that is willing to roll the dice on the guy. Because here's the thing. It doesn't affect my life if the kid doesn't pan out. It affects Ryan mm-hmm. Pace's life, the GM of the Chicago Bears. He loses his job. I don't lose my job. All these idiot fans that think they're better GMs on sitting on the couch, they don't lose their job over it. So the fact that people are flipping out over it, yeah, is not what we expected because everybody thinks that Jamal Adams' safety from LSU is going to be a home run hit. Everybody thinks that Miles Garrett's going to be a home run hit. Everyone thinks Solomon Thomas from, from Stanford is going to be a home run hit. Well, guess what? Nothing is guaranteed, Sonny. How many number one picks have become busts in, in the NFL? There's a lot of them. Yep. I tell you, yep. more, of them, more of them become busts than they do success. So the fact that, the fact that uh, you know, all these guys that everyone's praising, you know, guys like Thomas and Jamal Adams, there's no guarantee that these guys are going to be, you know, future defensive players of the year. Who who thought J.J. Watt was going to be the guy that he became? Who thought Luke Keekley was going to be the guy that he became? These guys mm-hmm. were, you know, mid-first-round mid, mid picks. Luke Keekley was ninth pick. I think J.J. Watt was like 15 or something like that. Okay? So, for people to flip out about the fact that, you know, the Bears didn't draft their guy, you know, sitting on the couch – um, I tell you, he he knows better than I am. That he's a general manager for a reason. And, and when you look at his track record, Sonny, he had a lot to do with the success of the New Orleans Saints. Absolutely. You know, ten years ago. So with that being said, that leads me to believe. Okay, maybe I should trust this guy. And if you really break down the the, the Bears draft, you can really compare it to what was built in New Orleans. So you got Mitch Trubisky. Maybe he sees that as his, as his Drew Brees in Chicago. You look at the tight end that did draft Adam Shaheen. Small college, I get it. But you look at his his size, he could be the next Jimmy Graham. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then you got the, you got the offensive tackle. Um, there's nothing wrong with offensive line, and I know you probably love the pick that they made there. And this guy's a monster. So – Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know the the safety that they picked, Alabama guy. I don't know. I, I'm real skeptical about Alabama guys. I think Tarvin's got me convinced that there's that uh, these Alabama guys <laughs> just don't pan out. So you know, and, and then and then you got the, the running back that they drafted, Tariq Cohen, uh, North Carolina A and T. And you're like, what in the world? All right, this guy. They're talking about him being Daryl Sproles 2.0. So as a Bears fan, I'm excited about that. I really am. So, again, was I, was I expecting them to draft quarterback? No, by no means. By no means. But what this tells me is that Mike Glennon is probably not going to go past the contract that he has now, uh, whether he does well or not. So, uh, and, to, you know, that, and that's what's called being a bridge quarterback, and that's exactly what Mike Glennon has become now because of the fact that they drafted Trubisky. Um, what I've seen from him, the, I mean, the, the kid is he's, he's got he's got ice in his veins, I mean, I like that. And, and and he's a guy that had to, you know, sit behind quarterbacks, you know, most of his college careers. We all know, and the fact that he was patient enough and and he took advantage of when it was his time. I mean, to me, I mean, he's going to probably you know he's going to do the same thing in the NFL. He's going to wait his time, and when his time comes, hopefully. 
uh, he's as successful in the NFL as he is as he was in, in college. Well, the the whole thing about the draft, and and you you talked well, you you said it. I mean, you, you think about some of the things that have happened as far as draft picks. Are, are there value there? Is the value there? Um, how important is? It? Let, let's just go back to two thousand. Okay, when you talk about uh, the um, the Heisman Trophy winners uh, since two thousand, Chris Winkie in two thousand bust. Carson Palmer, depending on what you think about it, I wouldn't exactly call him a, pu- a bus, but he's nothing to write home to mama about. Jason White in 2003. Frankly, to be honest, and that was in 2003, I, he was picked. I don't even know who he is. I, I've got to be I, I got to be honest. I don't even know who this guy is. All right, so that's 2003. Matt Reiner, 2004. Okay, Reggie Bush, 2005. Um, 2006, Troy Smith, okay, quarterback, it, it bust. Uh, Tim Tebow, it, it, depending on what you want to talk about, uh, people can call him a bust. He won playoff games, but um, but Sam Bradford, I, I don't know if I want to exactly call him a bust, but as far as expectations were, it was a bust. Mark Ingram, now he was a running back. Um, I don't know if I want to call him the call him a bust. Uh, Cam Newton, obviously not a bust. But then here's where you got start going from 2011 to today, okay? Robert Griffin, bust. Johnny Manziel, obviously a bust. All right, you have Jameis Winston. So far, he looks pretty good. Marcus Mariota, I think, can be there. Uh, last year, Derrick Henry, running back. Right now, not exactly the best thing that's out there. Um, and then this year's Lamar Jackson. So when I look at the last six, years of of Heisman Trophy winners. There's not a lot of greatness in there unless you really, I mean, Cam, I'm not going to take any, anything away from Cam Newton or Jameis Winston uh, in this list at all. But outside Carson Palmer, all right, I don't know. By the way, I missed 2001, which was Eric uh, Crouch, all right, quarterback. Now, looking at those numbers, since 2000, Okay, out of that whole list, when you go through it, there are only three out of the last 16 picks that were not quarterbacks. So, you know, obviously that number one pick is usually set for quarterbacks. Here we go, Cuervo, with the Browns doing something completely out of the norm, which is they haven't had success doing it, so why do it? So I, I like the pick at number one for the Browns. After that, Cuervo, the rest of this draft that was picked out here, uh, you, first of all, I want to know what you think about what the Bears had to give up in order to get your guy. What they had to give up to get the guy? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that's the thing that everybody's upset about is is the fact yes. that, um, you know, it, it, it they didn't it wasn't necessary to trade up to number two, and also give up three extra picks to get this guy. Well, guess what? If I, if if Ryan Pace had a crystal ball and and he knew for a fact that nobody else was interested in moving up to two then he probably would have called San Francisco bluff 
and said, no, I think I'll, I think I'll stay at three, and, and you guys can go ahead and make your pitch. Now, it turns out they supposedly had no intentions on drafting um, Mitchell Trubisky, um, but, you know, had the Bears stayed at three, what, what would we be talking about right now? Who, who would the Bears have taken at three? It probably would have been one of those defensive guys, if anything. So, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's easy to sit back and, and, and reflect on it now, but when during the moment, if it was any of us sitting in his shoes and he's on the phone with John Lynch and he's like, yeah, I've got other offers, tell me you wouldn't pull the trigger too. Tell me you wouldn't say, all right, let's, let's make the deal. If if that's the quarterback that you wanted and that's the quarterback that you felt is going to be the franchise quarterback for the next 10 years, I mean, who wouldn't make that deal? That's my question. Who would not make that deal if – I don't know, Quinn, though. I, I don't know, Quinn. If you got that much for – listen, and, and I, I'll be the first to come out and, and say the college football talk on this show doesn't come intelligently from me. I'll be I'll be the first to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you if the Bears didn't have at least three guys that could have been that could have been okay. This guy, it, it, it's not this guy. I mean, believe me, I don't for one second think that San Francisco had any doubt on who they were going to take. None. I don't think at, at all. They they knew who they wanted. And I think they still ended up getting the guy they were actually wanting. Um, and I don't think for two seconds that the Bears could not have ended up getting that guy with one more pick. And if you don't have a backup Cuervo, that at the if you can't find three guys in this freaking draft that you can say to a fact that can help your football team, that tells you something about the draft, which uh, which we already have admitted. But out of those three, what's the difference between one to the other? It can't be that much, Cuervo. That is the reason why when I look at it, I'm not even looking at it as a fan. I, I, I'm you know, being a Bears fan, you and I both know, is one of the hardest things to do because they'll start off well, end off bad, or just play bad all year long. That's the a tradition of the Chicago Bears for the last five, six years. So mm-hmm. the Bears cannot think for one second. In this draft, there are four quarterbacks that are – Really the same guy. Actually, I think one stands more out, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But the simple fact of the matter is that when you were looking at the draft and looking at all the experts and listening to what people saying, watching film on guys, there was no guy that stand out like a Sam Bradford. They weren't guys like Cam Newton. This was the mediocre draft of 2017. And if if you can't find three guys within this draft that can help your football team, okay, when you have the best pick of all three, you as an organization, an organization have dropped the ball. And the fact that they had to trade up one just to get this guy and what they gave up, I'm going to tell you, Cuervo, this could, it, it's not going to be as bad as the St. Louis Rams deal, okay? It's not good. But this one will be remembered. Oh, it most definitely will be remembered. It's going to be remembered for one of two ways. Either A, Ryan Pace is the biggest idiot to ever walk the face of the earth for giving up picks for this bust, or 
my God. What a genius. Ryan Pace is it, such a I don't even care about those picks anymore. Who cares about those picks? It's going to be one exactly. of two. It's going to be one exactly. of two. You know, now when it comes to quarterbacks, Sonny, I, I completely agree 100%. It was, it was mediocre of the mediocre. Like, it, it, no, none of these quarterbacks made you fall in love with them. Okay, to include Deshaun Watson, who won a lot of games, exactly won a national championship. Went actually well, went to two straight national championships. Uh, now, so yes, when it comes to quarterback, yeah, um, not much, you know, very slim pickings. Okay. On the other hand, where I don't agree is when it comes to defense. If you need defensive help, like the Bears did, I mean the the talent pool was loaded. Absolutely loaded, especially in the secondary. There were, I mean, there were defensive backs galore. So if you go back and you look at the picks, you look at how many of them are, are safeties and corners. I mean, I mean, they they were flying off the board. I mean, there was it was such a deep secondary pool of of players to be drafted, um, and I'm surprised the Bears only took one. But at the same time, you know, for those that are complaining about that, don't forget they were very aggressive in the free agent market, and they picked up a lot of secondary in the free agent market. So, you know, how easy people forget about things like that. I mean, they picked up Prince Akamara. They picked up, uh, you know, Marcus Golden, or I forget, or Marcus Cooper, that's his name, uh, I mean, they, they picked up Quentin Demps from the Houston Texans. I mean, he's pretty good. I'm not saying he's a pro bowler, but he's good. So, you know, for everybody that's, that's whining and crying about the Bears didn't draft enough secondary, well, it wasn't really necessary because they they signed a bunch of guys in free agency. So, um, you know, it really, there wasn't a, a huge need for it. I mean, they, they've, they've already signed some guys. So, you know. But but no. Well, they right. were flooded. The quarterback. It, it, it was flooded no. in the first round, Cuervo. You're 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 right about that. But in the first ten picks, only three players were taken defensively. I right, so, you know, I I looked I looked at this and I and you. This is the problem with having an oversaturation of one side of the ball in the draft because then you get the then you get the the Mitchell Trubisky uh, game picked up at the at the quarterback position by the Bears, who could obviously evidently just couldn't wait until the number three pick. Um, I mean, because Solomon Thomas that was taken, that was their guy. I, you can't tell me any differently because this is a football team, although in San Francisco, this is a football team that needed a quarterback, and you can't tell me that it was Michael Trubisky it, because there's just too much other talent elsewhere to where they 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 give that guy up. If that was their guy, if Mitchell Trubisky was that guy, Cuervo, they would not have given up that spot. So that tells me that Solomon Thomas was the was their guy to begin with, and and then we'll obviously talk a little bit later about what else they did. But Cuervo. This making moves like this, we talked about it, you know, with teams moving up. I mean, look at the Tennessee Titans. They moved up um, uh, to uh, with the uh, pick with the Rams. They moved up to number five. Um, and then um, I think 
one of the teams that when, when you look at this whole thing, I want to go to pick, out of the top ten, there was one pick that really impressed me. The, the rest of them, I'm going to be honest, Squareville, didn't really surprise me. The movement surprised me more so than anything. But the fact that the picks were there, but what happened in the top ten, there was one team that made their big splash, and they needed to do it, Cuervo. And that was moving up to number ten. That was the Kansas City Chiefs picking up Patrick Mahomes from, from Texas Tech. I'm going to tell you right now, that was probably out of the out of the first round. I think was the smartest move out of all of them because let's be honest, this is a football team that can only depend upon uh, Alex Smith for too much longer if he's not already gone. Um, this is a guy that has the arm. This is the guy and a big time arm, uh, which is absolutely the other side of the fence on what you expect from Kansas City Chief quarterback, a la. Alex Smith, you got a guy that can do everything. He can run. He can throw. He can throw deep as well. Out of this first round, I think the Kansas City Chiefs might have stolen this first round. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, Sonny. And I, and I think we talked about it, you know. Uh, I mentioned it, you know, to so watch out for Kansas City to make a move for a quarterback. And that's exactly yep. what happened. You know, I mean, the – Not only that moving up. Yeah, well, I mean, again, if you're going to move up, though, Sonny, and, and this is why, like like I said, it's been a couple of days, I've thought about it, and I'm not as mad anymore about the trade, okay? Did they give right. up a lot of stuff? Yes, but if you're going to do it, if you're going to give up, you know, third and fourth round picks, which, hey, if you want to complain about it, there's been teams that have made worse trades than what than what the Bears did. That's the true. Okay, look at look at the look at the Redskins. Look at what they did. <laughs> I mean, they gave about three first rounders to get RG three. Three first, crap. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you crapped the bed. So, uh, but if you're gonna trade up, if you're gonna do it, you know, do it for a quarterback. And and, and, yep. and there was three teams that did it. There was three teams that did it. So, um, but you know that that playoff game against the Steelers. I think mm-hmm. haunts Andy Reid. It haunts oh, Andy yes. every day. And right there, completely. So, yeah, with that said, Sonny, I mean, that's why I knew for a fact, I knew for a fact that even even right after that game was over, I was like, Alex Smith is done. They're going to go get them a new quarterback, whether it's in the draft or free agency, whatever the case may be. They're going to go get them a new quarterback. Alex Smith is done. Should have won that game. Well, Should have won that game. Have, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And if they had, you know, a quarterback that didn't, you know, that had some sort of stones to make throws, then I think they would have yeah. won that game. They absolutely. Yeah, I think you're right. Game. So, you know, with that said, I mean, th- th- this move doesn't surprise me one bit. does not surprise me the, one bit. And, and I think it was the best one out of them all. There was lots of movement, like you said. But to go up, I mean, I, and what, what, the, what are they, 27, I think, when they made that move and they – they made a leap of faith. I mean, they went up 17 spots, Cuervo, to grab their guy. And they, they, they were sitting here going, he hasn't been picked yet? They haven't been. This guy has not. I'm going to tell you, I, I, out of all the quarterbacks in this one, I thought this was the guy. Not because Kansas City grabbed him, but I just thought that this guy was the guy. And obviously not because he's in Texas, because folks remember, I'm an Arizona guy. All right, 
This guy, I think, was the quarterback. He had all the tools in reality when you looked at at the quarterback position and what he can bring to your football team. Um, Now, you know, 6'2", maybe – I, I think you want your quarterback a little bit taller than that, but at the best, you know, that's about average. Um, what I think he does, what what he lacks uh, in experience, this he seems like he can learn quick. This is a guy that you know put it together, you know, during the football game, you, and and that was one of the things I liked about him, Claire. Though his ability to adjust to the team that he's playing, let's just hope that that can, you know you know, repeat itself up on the NFL level. Right, right. And, you know, I mean, like you said, I mean, the the kid's got – he's got the complete package. I mean, he can – you know, he's mobile when he has to be. He's got a hell of an arm. That's that's my concern. Here's my concern with him, though, is that just the Texas Tech system in general – um, we've seen quarterbacks get drafted into the NFL, and they just let's, <laughs> they let, let's just out, skip so. Johnny Manziel. Let's just skip him. <laughs> I, I mean, my God, I say, but but take away. I get what you're saying. Well, no, that I mean, well, Manziel went to A and M. I'm talking about Texas oh, yeah, yeah, with Mahomes. Yeah, got it. So yeah, they just I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe it's too much run and gun, but it doesn't uh, it doesn't. Um, translate into the into the pros, and maybe this kid breaks the mold. Maybe maybe he's the one that that actually works for Texas Tech uh, football, and and he could be the uh, the success story down there uh, at Texas Tech. And they say, look, you know, you want to come to Texas Tech? Look at look at Pat Mahomes. Look what he's doing in Kansas City right now. Um, right, but but as of right now, Sonny, I mean, none of these quarterbacks pan out. So that's my only concern with him. I, it's right. not that I don't like the kid. It's just for the things that they do down there, um, it just doesn't it doesn't translate to what um, you know what's going to be asked of him in the NFL. It's 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 a more it's pro style. It's a pro style offense in the NFL. Right. So, and and that's not what you do at A and M or at, at Texas Tech. I'm sorry. So. Yeah. You know, again, maybe maybe he maybe he's different. Maybe he can adapt a lot easier than than the other quarterbacks in the past have, and maybe it all works out for for the Chiefs. And and I tell you, I mean, if anybody knows quarterbacks, Andy Reid does. Absolutely, and the one one of the great things about this pick in reality, Cuervo, is two picks before a team that I think would have taken them, that being the Texans. I think the Texans would have taken Patrick Mahomes. So the fact that they moved up just two spots above them as they dropped, as Cleveland dropped um, to that spot, to the number 12 pick, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, well, they traded up to get to that spot. They said, well, I think Mahomes, obviously Mahomes and Watson were their guys at the quarterback position that they wanted. Once Patrick Mahomes came off the board, they said, we have got to get Watson. And the Saints weren't going to go ahead. And they've, they've, got, they've got Drew Brees maybe for two more years. So the, the obvious movements and as far as the strategy to get their guy, I am shocked that Deshaun Watson out of Clemson dropped to number 12. I am. I'm com- I, I, when I look at the top 10, when I look at the top, though, there is only so many places that he could have went. 
Um, in reality, I think the Jets could have used them without question. Um, I, that was one of the big ones. Um, the Chargers, I mean, how long is Phillip Rivers going to be there? Um, so, you know, but they got their guy. But Quirvo, one other move that I thought was really huge, all right, is that the Texans moved up to get Corey Davis. And this is a, this is a 6-3-2-0-9. He's going to have to put on some weight. I looked at the weight on this one, Cuervo, and I asked myself, this guy, this guy needs another good 15 pounds in reality. I think he needs to – but obviously this was their guy. But out of Western Michigan – now, I know Western Michigan, they had a great season, Cuervo. I completely understand it, but I, look, I still look at that competition that they played, and I, I just want to know why the Texans didn't think that Corey Davis would fall down. And obviously, the telephone calls and people who they got their mind on obviously put a scare into them to where they didn't think that he'd fall down all the way to them. Right. And, you know, it's similar to the same situation with Chicago. So for, you know, again, um, when, when the night comes and, and it's, it's go time, um, you know, you start, to, you start to think twice about everything you plan for. Uh, it's just because of the fact that there is no, there are no uh, practice runs for the draft. So you just, it, it's it's the unexpected. And you have to be ready for it. And you know, when it comes yeah. to the Titans, you know, when it comes to the Titans, you know, I think uh, again, you know, they uh, how they got to number five, I don't remember exactly. Um, but well, they have, but the, they have, they, they they made a trade. Uh, in order to get there, um, let me let me just click this button. And I'll tell you how it happened right there. They 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 hopped up uh, with a pick from the Los Angeles Rams. Um, Los Angeles was at number five, uh, so they jumped up to that number five spot with Corey Davis, which is an interesting thing where the Rams did. You know, they gave up a lot of draft picks years back. Now they just picked up some. Right. Right. You know, so you know when it comes to Corey Davis himself, um, I, I get where you're. I get what you're saying about his size, honey. But really, in reality, there's, you know, you could say the same thing about a guy who's who's doing pretty well for himself over in Cincinnati. That you could say he probably needs to put a little weight on it. I'm talking about AJ Green. Uh, when I look at AJ Green, I mean, the, the, he's so he's so thin, but but that's what makes him unique is. The fact that he is his so legs are skinny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, but he's quick, Sonny. I mean, that's 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 the thing. He's not he's not a heavy guy, so he can he's move he can move around pretty pretty well uh, for that thin frame that he has. And Corey Davis is a very similar uh, type body frame, so maybe that's how Tennessee looked at it. As you know, he could be R. A. J. Green, and mm-hmm. you know, be a guy that Mariota can hook up with for the next you know eight years. And, That's the uh, big one, you know. Uh, yeah, so it, it's it's. Uh, I like I like the pick by the Titans. It didn't surprise me one bit. I, I mean, I I said all along that they needed a wide receiver. So um, well, the of fact course. that it was, I mean, they haven't had good. a wide receiver since back in the day. Uh, back in the day, oh, crap. His name just I had it right there, and that's just a, but they haven't had a, a wide receiver for the longest time. Yeah, I mean, you know, the ones that come to mind for me is Derek Mason. Kevin Dyson, yep. um, Dyson was you know, the one had, I was thinking of. You know Frank Wycheck at tight end. I mean it's been it's been a while. I mean that's when that's when the late Steve McNair played there. So it's it's been a few yeah. years. But you know um, 
but I, I thought I thought Tennessee made you know the right pick. Um, oh, I think so too. It, it was a it was a guy. It, I mean, if you don't give Mariota a guy to throw the ball to, I mean, you know, granted it may be a relationship like up in Detroit where Stafford and um, and a Megatron for a while until they can figure out how to work them better. I, that's my only hope is that if they grab that guy up and it doesn't turn into, I'm just going to throw it to this guy. Um, hopefully they'll, they'll work together in the offense. And that, that's one of the things that I was looking at. So we had right. the draft, the draft was good. Um, it, it was uh, one of those things where um, you, you I, I liked what, what I saw and um, I actually kind of listened to the, uh, to your guys' commentary. By the way, when this draft went a little bit later, you you guys were on, by the way, um, it, it, as the later portion of this draft when you guys were on air. Um, it, you guys did good. Dio Tarvin, oh, gosh, his name just slipped my mind. Who else was on, on the line? Um, uh, Jonathan um, was there. Jonathan, his name slipped my mind. Um, you guys did great on, on that because I went back and listened to it. And, uh, of course, Jonathan and, and Tarvin, they, they've got uh, wonderful opinions. Uh, so that that was a good listen. So go back and listen to that show. Guys, what we're going to do here is we're going to take our second break here. Um, as we are all, I'm only going to be on. I don't know if Tarvin's going to make it on before we got to bail. I've got to bail at 1115 uh, this morning to get ready for the game that I'm attending today with the uh, Texas Revolution and the Amarillo Venom a rematch of two weeks ago where the Venom beat the Texas Revolution for the first time in uh, the first time the Texas Revolution lost a game in two and a half years at the Allen Event Center. So it should be good. So let us take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the things that happened in the draft. We'll be right back. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks, amazingly fast. Scooters only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty? The Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooters, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich, velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooters Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66 with a convenient drive through so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooters Coffee, located in Rowlett. Selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com. That's Brian with a Y, not nichadwick.jphomesforsale.com. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. 
become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Taekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special, two weeks in a free uniform for $19.99. That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chang Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychanglees.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney, not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit him on the web at www.mitchellps.com. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? Contact Alan Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified, licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having, so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price and good customer service, but of course... Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. All right, back here on the couch with Dennis One Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. As we are getting set for Champions Indoor Football this afternoon, uh, going to be attending that game. Should be a good one as the Venom come back to the Allen Event Center to take on the Texas Revolution. Also, another game in Champions Indoor Football that is very important to the standings is the Dodge City Law. They're going to be on the road to take on the Kansas City Phantom. This one, the Dodge City Law definitely need, and for Kansas City, obviously a must win at one and six if they're going to squeak into the playoffs. This might be the last week for them to keep going. They grabbed up a guy last year, played quarterback for the Dodge City Law, and uh, Bernard is a guy that can make plays with his legs, with his arms, with his brains. Going to be a good one. Wish I could watch that one more so. Um, but being at the other game, I won't be able to. But we, you can watch all the games over on Eversport.tv. Go up underneath Pro, go to Indoor Football, and then you will see what's going on as far as that is concerned. That having been said, the uh, Texas Revolution – need this win. They've dropped two in a row, so they have got to work really hard in order to get their spot solidified in the playoffs. A third loss in a row will definitely hurt this football team as they move in. All right. That having been said, of course, the name of this program here as we are here on 
that being said, we're talking the NFL draft, and I, I just want to take a look at it. I, I, I think I've already gave out who I think maybe had the better draft because of the vital signing, that being the Kansas State Chiefs. Looking at that, who was who your number one pick? Who do you think did really well? There are seven rounds um, yeah, in, this, uh, in the NFL draft. And, and in the second round, of course, there was lots of controversial picks uh, because of who was in the second round, Cuervo. And, of course, I think you understand where I'm headed, and I'm talking about the running back uh, that made some noise uh, off the field more so than on the field. And then all of a sudden that pick number 50, I think it was number 52, was it, Cuervo? Uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm not sure what pick it was, but in the second round, um, um, the I forget the name of uh, uh, crap. What, what's that young kid's name that got got into the scuffle with the woman? That would be Joe Mixon, Tony from Oklahoma. Mixon, that's it. Yep, and he was what he picked in the second round by the Bengals at number forty-eight. Here it is, number forty-eight. And you know, it, to me, when the pick was made, it didn't shock me, Cuervo, because. You know, there's certain places that you can go to be an ex-convict. Or, I mean, a, a criminal. I mean, a football player that has problems. Um, one of the Dallas Cowboys, the other over in the AFC would be the Cincinnati Bengals. But, you know, I, I go back to when we were talking on this show, Cuervo. You know, this happened so many years ago. Now, granted, I know. I get it. But this guy didn't play a whole year. He, 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 I mean, this guy, I, you know... I, I I don't know why this was a big story. I mean, I I do know why, because the media will grasp onto every little thing to keep it a story or make a story out of something. This was three years ago. Now, granted, them releasing that video just a year before the draft was a mistake. They should have released that a long time ago. Um, so it could be out of everybody's mind and it could be about football, but yet it wasn't another one. It affected this young man enough who was originally a first-round draft pick, you know, forecast. Um, if he was a good little boy, he would have been picked in the first round. He goes to the second round. Is it any shock or surprise that he goes to the Bengals, Cuervo? Um, I'm a little surprised, and it's not because of the fact that um, – you know that the I'm, I'm surprised because the Bengals really don't need a running back, and at least in my opinion, they don't. So the fact that the Bengals took him surprised me. The fact that he dra- got drafted in the second round, I'm actually not that surprised because let me tell you something, Sonny. If if his name was anything else but Joe Mixon, I can make the argument he probably would have been a first round pick. Yeah, but could have been Jacksonville's pick at number four. Um, well, I, I don't. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, you can't pass up from Leonard that if you have the That's opportunity true. to get him. Which, which, Sonny, you should be excited about that. The fact that Leonard Fournette's going to be a Jaguar, you should a little be bit. excited. <laughs> I'm a little bit, a, a little bit excited about that because of the possibility. So, uh, well, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's always that chance of of the guy not panning out, but I mean that goes for anybody. That goes for any of these 250 guys that got that got drafted. That they're either they're it's it's 50 50. Either they're gonna they're gonna be good or they're gonna be not good. So yeah, you know, reality. Um, you know, I, I, it, the fact that he got picked so high. 
high does not surprise me. The fact that Cincinnati took him, um, it does surprise me. Yeah. Now, hey, a big story that I want to get your opinion on, I think, and this is just me, I think when you fight your general manager after the draft, you, 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 that tells a story. Yeah, I saw that. That's, I woke up to that, too. I was like, so you used him to draft, uh, you know, to draft guys, which they didn't do a very good job anyways. Which could have been the reason why. Well, well, and that's what I was going to say. Is, is it because he didn't do a good job? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know uh, what the, what the uh, reason could be. Um, you know, I didn't think that Buffalo did the worst job, but they did, you know, I mean, it, it, let me tell you something. Zay Jones, that East Carolina receiver that they, that they drafted is going to be good. He's going to be good. Now their first round picture, Davius White from LSU, he could be good. I, and I like LSU defensive backs. And they have a long history of being really good, but then you also have Morris Claiborne down in Dallas. And I know the Cowboy fans are going to love to hear about that, but you know, there's there's the ups, <laughs> guys like guys like Patrick Peterson, and then there's the downs with a guy like Claiborne. So it's really it's more hit than miss, but there are misses when it comes to LSU. Uh, you know, I just want to know what kind of pull Sean McDermott has up there. He's that rookie coach they have over there, Buffalo Cuervo. I think this. I think that that could have been the conflict as well. Well, I mean, he shouldn't have much pool. I mean, he he's, he just got hired as the head coach for number one. Number two, his track record's not very good. I mean, he he took over an uh, an awesome defense in Philadelphia, and he also tore it apart and it fell apart because of him. So his track record's not very good. So the fact if he does have a lot of pool, Sonny, uh, that's the wrong guy to give to give the pool to. So, you know, Buffalo, it just seems like Buffalo's going to start to, you know, start to take steps back. And, and in that division, that's the last thing you want to do is take steps back when you have to take when you have to go against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady twice a year. Yeah, it, it should be interesting to see what they do as they go. They have to go get a new general manager. Um, according to the, um, the the owner Terry uh, Pagula, uh, he said it was his decision only um, on the situation. I think the uh, and when someone says that, okay, clear vote between you and me and everybody that's listening. When someone says this was my decision and my decision on, only, tells me that it wasn't his decision. Um, there was a lot of other input, and that's where my thinking of how the new rookie coach might have a little bit of say on what's ended up happening. Um, I'm going to tell you, a couple of years back, the Buffalo Bills defense, I'm going to tell you, when Doug Marone left that football team, he left that defense in great shape. And then they bring in the supposed defensive mind that is Rex Ryan and blew that completely out of the water. And I still say uh, the coach for the Jets should have went to Buffalo. Um, the one from Arizona is being stuck in my mind. But I, I'm going to tell you, this is a football team that don't want to get too far away from that defense. And I think that's one of the things that is one of what they got to keep. 
they got to keep that defense and solidify the offensive side of the ball because the Buffalo Bills are so awful on offense. Um, now, they, they lose Marquise Goodwin. He goes over, he, I think he went to the Raiders, uh, the speedster that they had out of here in Rowlett. I had to mention that so far on my locals. Um, uh, so that move right there with Goodwin going on, they needed to get some speed as well um, at the wide receiver position. Uh, so lots of things going on in this in this draft, Cuervo. And I, I always like to talk about it because it makes me happy. There's only been one Mr. Irrelevant that has been worth a nickel, and he was a kicker. And which goes to show when you're drafting the fantasy leagues, at least draft the kicker last. Um, but that having been said, uh, Chad Kelly out of Mississippi is Mr. Irrelevant, or mark that. It depends. It, it depends if you want. One, 251 was uh, Mason uh, Sherrick. But the compensatory selections, uh, Mr. Irrelevant is Chad Kelly, quarterback out of Mississippi, um, which Cuervo tells me, I mean, the, 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 the Denver Broncos give it Mr. Irrelevant at the quarterback position, which, I, I mean, I don't know if that means anything. I mean, you've got to remember it's the seventh round. I, how many of these guys are actually going to be on an NFL squad this year um, in the seventh round would be surprising if, you know, more than, you know, 20% of them actually end up on the NFL roster. But the fact that the compensatory draft selection from, for, the, uh, for the Denver Broncos of being a quarterback I, this is a guy that I think they looked at at 6'2", 224. This could be a guy that maybe they can mold. And that's I think that's what John Elway has always been wanting to do is mold a quarterback. Now, the question would be, should they have waited that long to grab up a quarterback as far as that is concerned, as far as the Denver Broncos are concerned? Maybe this was the guy that they had. I mean, do you think there's any thinking that way? for the Denver Broncos, because let's be honest, Cuervo, the Denver Broncos, they do need help at the quarterback position. If you want my honest opinion, Sonny, I think he did, I think he did, uh, I think he hooked up uh, Uncle Jim with a favor. That's my honest opinion. Because right before he picked Chad Kelly, he called Uncle Jim and said, hey, give me an honest assessment of your nephew. Ah. Uh, yeah. He's gonna be good. He's gonna be a good pick. You know, he's gonna be he's gonna be good, John. All right, man. All right. I'm gonna take your word. I'll 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 pick him. He took him with the very with the very last pick of the draft. So very last I think it was more, Yeah, I think it was more of a favor for Uncle Jim in reality. I'm sorry. That's my honest opinion. This this is a kid that that struggled in his college career. He got hurt. I think he got I remember hearing correctly. He got kicked off the team or something happened to him. He got in a little bit of trouble in college. So, you know, the fact that, that he didn't pan out very well his last year at Ole Miss, on top of getting into some trouble, the kid's lucky he got drafted, Sonny. I mean, you think about, um, you know, there, there's, there's quarterbacks that did not get drafted. Yes, so, lots uh, of them. That you could say we're better than him, so you know. But then there's one that that I felt should not have gotten drafted, but you know that that's that's what happens when you have a rookie GM. So um, you just never know. But that that's my honest opinion, Sonny, is that 
Um, John Elway did a favor to Uncle Jim Kelly and took uh, took his nephew in the draft. I, I, out of all the teams that didn't grab up a quarterback, I am actually shocked it wasn't the Denver Broncos. I mean, the Denver Broncos – I mean, I don't even count that pick as a, a pick in the draft, okay? It's a compensatory pick, for God's sake. So it wasn't even really a pick. Uh, but I'm going to tell you right now, Cuervo, you know, this is a football team that did a lot at the wide receiver position this year in the draft, which obviously I think it was, you know, it, it's a need if you're going to get a quarterback. And the the fact of the matter is, I look at the draft and the fact that this football team did not go out and grab a quarterback. And, and, you know, this, how do you say it? This day and age, going after a quarterback with, with your first round, as far as money is concerned, means absolutely nothing. So it wasn't money that this football team was worried about quarterback at all. Um, so I am a little bit shocked that they didn't take a little bit of a better, sh- you know, maybe a, uh, you know, a time uh, at pick. I mean, they 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 got uh, Jake Butts out of Michigan in the fifth round. That guy's going to make this team Cuervo uh, because they need they need tight ends and they he can also double as a as a um, a fullback as well. But I, I just I, out of all the teams and uh, what John Elway stands for. I, I'm so shocked this this football team did not go after a quarterback, or at least you know earlier anyway. Uh, I'm not. I mean, you talk about they took Patrick Lynch last year. Trevor Simeon is still pretty young, so you know the fact that they didn't draft a quarterback sooner that tells me that either a they're waiting for next year's draft when uh, Sam Darnold out of USC, Josh Rosen from UCLA come out. Or they really like the guys they have now. So the fact that they didn't draft a quarterback sooner doesn't really surprise me too much. Um, I think Denver did it the right way, though. If you are going to stick with these guys, these young guys that they have already, whether it's Lynch or Simeon, um, surround them with weapons. And, and, and that's what and that's what they got. With, and, and I'll tell you, that's one of the – me, Sonny, you mentioned Jake Butch. To me, that was one of the biggest steals in the draft. I mean, yes, I know, we all know about the ACL injury, and, and he may not even play this year. But I'll tell you, when he's ready in 2018, uh, the, the, the kid's going to be good, Tony. He really is. Um, yes. But, you know, but, I mean, that we won't know until next season. Because I don't, I don't see him playing this year. Unless, unless he's recovering faster than we all know. Um, and it's only been three months since the injury happened, almost four months. And we all know ACL injuries take a long time to heal up on those. So, um, you know, but I thought it was I thought it was a good steal, and, and that's what you have to do. You have to surround your young quarterbacks with weapons to help you out. And that's what they did, yeah. and protection. Yeah, because they, they got an offensive lineman, too, I think. It was the first pick. They did. So, I you know lots of now. So let's look at it with a broad stroke, Cuervo. Who do you think? Who do you think really really helped their football team this year? When you look at the draft, all seven rounds done. Um, I thought it was Kansas City. I think Kansas City did very very good. And, and what I think, Cuervo, 
and then we'll get to your pick. I want that is going to make the NFC West even more exciting than it is. I mean, look at Denver; they're going to be there. Oakland, they're a better football team, or Las Vegas, whatever you want to call them, uh, they'd be there. San, San Diego, uh, you know, I, I looked at their draft; I wasn't impressed. Um, so, you know, that AFC West is going to be huge this year. I think they're going to be all right there. Well, you know, San Diego, they might be. It just depends, you know, if they can ever put that. But I think that's going to be the most interesting division in football this year. Not because it's so bad. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot toward the end of the season. I think we're going to see some teams playing for, obviously, the AFC West Championship and a possibility at the playoffs and the wild card. Yeah, I mean, if you thought the AFC West was competitive before, Sonny, it's, it's yeah. going to be even. I mean, you look at you look at with the, the, the you know the, the Raiders and where they're at as a team. Denver had a good draft. I thought um, Kansas City is going to be good with you know with the quarterback that they have. If they can bring him in and he's a star, um, you know the only the only weakness in that in that whole division is is the Chargers. And right. even they even then they drafted Mike Williams out of Clemson. So you know, Oh, I love that pick was, by the way. That's a great yeah. pick for them. Yeah, and I think Phil Rivers loved it too. <laughs> so um but I'm gonna go Finally I'm someone that throw the football too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean Keenan if Keenan Allen doesn't get hurt every year, maybe he'd be another guy that you can throw to Exactly. Uh, Good point. <laughs> yeah. You know, now I'm surprised. I'm surprised uh, they didn't they didn't go back and get a tight end after getting a receiver. But you know, I guess they I guess they still think Antonio Gates still has some in the tank. But I think I think that, I think they lost out. I think they, I really honestly think they were looking at Jake Butts. I really do. And I, out of Michigan, which by the way I think is going to be big, big, big time this year. I, I think that's I think they lost out on their guy. I remember reading something that that was one of their top guys they were looking at tied in position, but uh, Denver grabbed them up. Then they should have grabbed him earlier, Sonny. I mean, you passed on him four times. Well, everybody passed on him four times until Denver took him in the fifth round. But, you know, if you loved him that much, you know, you should have took him sooner. But, you know, I mean, I guess sometimes you sometimes you win the gamble, sometimes you don't. But, um, the, the team that I like what they did, Sonny, uh, it's, it's, it's another West team, but it's not the AFC West, it's the NFC West. And no, it's uh-huh. not San Francisco. It's not San Francisco. I like what the Arizona Cardinals did. Um, I think they addressed a lot of needs at um, on defense. I like Buda I, I like Buda Baker, man. That safety position. Yeah. I like this guy. That that trade from yeah. from Chicago. That that's the kid I was just going to mention. Is that that's the one that I like the most? That's the one that uh, you might that you know teams are going to need to watch out for um, because let me tell you, if anybody knows how to develop secondaries, man, it, it's the Arizona Cardinals. And if Without he, question, if he, becomes, he becomes good. You think about it. You've got you've got Patrick Peterson. You have the Honey Badger, and you throw this kid Buddha Baker in there. I mean, that's scary. I mean, good luck throwing against that. Good luck. Well, and and, and not only that, Wembo, they went out and got outside linebacker Hassan Reddick out of out of Temple, which by the way was one of the most underrated guys at that position in the draft, and they grabbed him up in the first round. Right. 
Right, and nobody really knew who he was. Exactly. So that, that's that's always good when you get a guy that flies under the radar, um, but you can get him later in the draft. Uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of comparisons to Khalil Mack with this kid. Yeah. Um, played at a small school, Temple. I mean, Temple, it was, they were ranked for a little while. But when, really, while. when you think mm-hmm. of linebackers, you don't really – I mean, when you think of college linebackers, I'm sorry, Temple's not one of the first teams that comes to mind. It's not. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, you know, but, um, but, yeah, I mean, I think Arizona did a really good job, with, especially with those first two picks. Um, and then from there, they just filled a lot of need. Uh, I'm, now I'm surprised they didn't grab a quarterback. I think they could have they could have done that. Other than that, though, I think I think Arizona's draft overall was pretty flawless. I want to tell you right now, the Arizona Cardinals could go out and get Brandon Dowdy right now and develop that young man. I'm telling you right now, the Arizona Cardinals need to do that. I've already written them a letter, by the way. Well, hopefully they respond. <laughs> See, you, you do remember who I'm talking about, right? Last year, Brandon Dowdy out of Kentucky. Oh, yeah, Western Kentucky, right, or something. I think yeah, yeah Western Kentucky, yeah. That, that was my yeah, boy. He didn't get picked up. He should have got. Yeah, I know exactly. I remember he – I don't know if is he's still with Miami or did they, Miami let him go or – well, Miami let him uh, let him go to get him on the uh, practice squad, and then he stayed uh, on the practice squad for the whole year. But now he's out and about; he can be gotten. Okay, that's what I was wondering: is if if he's a UFA or if he's still, you know, with the practice squad in Miami. Which I mean, you could probably take him anywhere. Those are only but... year contracts, right? So yeah, he's available. Yep. So, interestingly enough, I would love to see someone grab him up and and pick him up and bring him in for at least a tryout because I, 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 I think every team in the NFL missed out on this guy. <laughs> but then again, I always have that one guy every year that I like, and um, th- this year it was Butts out of Michigan. So I, I, but at least he got grabbed up. I, I just I think he might have been the steal of the draft. I, and I agree, Sonny. I think he was. You know, Sonny, you should be. You should I mean, be, they, uh, they got him in the fifth freaking round, Cuervo, the fifth freaking round. And this guy was, he was, if I read correctly, he was a high second round draft pick guy uh, for teams with teams that have a lot of need at the tight end position. Well, and you know, that goes to show you that's how, that's how much an ACL injury can scare GMs off. Absolutely. You know, because that, that, that's, that's the, the thing. That is the sole reason, the one and only sole reason why he wasn't drafted sooner. Because of the Because of that ACL injury. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously teams are afraid it's going to happen again or he's never going to recover fully from the injury. Um, so, you know, that, that's, that's the fear that GMs have. And, and I, I can understand it. Um, yeah. So here's my thing. It, it was his one. It, it, it's not like – it's not like uh, uh, Marcus. I don't know if you remember Marcus. I think his name was Marcus Lattimore, the running back from South Carolina, who can mm-hmm. you know had multiple ACL injuries in college. Now that I can understand, you know. I, and I was, this one wasn't even bad. Where well, all of them are bad, but it wasn't as severe as some of the other ones that you read about. Yeah. So, 
you know, to me, you know, it happens once. Hey, it's unfortunate, but the kid will probably recover and he's going to be a good football player. You know, that, that, but GMs get so scared when it comes to these injuries that they don't want to touch the kid. Like I said, like deal with Lattimore. Hey, I get it. I know why you didn't want to touch him because the kid's weak in the knees. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I wouldn't do it. But if it's a one-time deal and, you know, he's recovering well and things like that, then I don't see why teams get so scared. You know, but, again, I'm not a GM, so there you go. But, like me, if I was a GM, I I would have taken him probably in the third round. Even with the injury, I would have took him in the third round because I know – Everyone else is so scared to take him, but that's how I I would be, I guess, guaranteed, or I would know that I could guarantee of getting this kid because I yeah, know nobody else is going to take guy. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody else is going to take him before the fourth round. So if I grab him up in the third, fourth round, then you know, later on down the line when he becomes a good tight end, now I look like the genius. So yep, but you know. Denver got lucky. They they grabbed them up in the fifth, and um, I think I think they're going to be real impressed. But Sonny, you should be you should be proud to be a Michigan Wolverine fan because eleven guys, eleven eleven mm-hmm. guys got picked this year. Yep. That that yeah. and that, and, that come, and, and, and let me tell you something. That only comes because Jim Harbaugh is the coach of that football team. Without question, if there was anybody else. That many guys would not have been taken in the draft. Well, you got to remember those. A lot of those guys were Brady Hoax's recruits. So yeah, but I get what you're saying though too. They probably wouldn't have developed the way they did if it wasn't for Jim Harbaugh. Yep, and that's the good thing for the Michigan program as far as the football t- uh, players are concerned. Um, when you get a guy like Jim Harbaugh, who obviously had great success without question, Cuervo. Um, you know, in the NFL, knows what it takes for for guys to be NFL caliber uh, 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 players. Uh, so that that's a new that might be a new school that people will look at uh, because of what he has done in the NFL level and has taken them as far as two Super Bowls and you know playoffs and everything else. So now, Cuervo, there's a team that was quiet in this, but not by their choice. They only had two picks in the first 30 picks. And I'm talking about the Atlanta Falcons. Um, this is a football team that went. I mean, really, when you're as good as they were, what do you do? And I'm, I'm going to tell you, if you take away from all the glitz and glamour, I, I look at the Atlanta Falcons, the first two picks, uh, in the, one in the first round, the other I think it was in the fourth or fifth round, uh, uh, or it might have been the fourth round, uh, they got about number 30, uh, Sean Harlow, Oregon State. And two, what do what you got to do in this league? Protect your quarterback. First two picks for the Atlanta Falcons – don't need the glitz and glamour. They need the guys that can go in and get dirty and smack you in the mouth, and that's what offensive linemen do, and that's what Atlanta did. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if they did that after the first round, but their first round pick, Pack McKinley, the linebacker out of UCLA. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. He was a linebacker. You're right. So they went linebacker, yeah. offensive lineman. Yeah, not, not yeah, too think- sexy in reality, right? No, but let me tell you. I mean, the kids. The, you know, the, and I know we shouldn't we shouldn't fall in love with guys because of their their story or their you know their history. But 
but the the thing that the thing that I that I saw in this kid was that he for as good a college career as he had, um, he also went through a lot of struggle and a lot of that he fought through a lot of adversity. You know, uh, it's not easy to lose the the person that is your consider your parents, the person that that raised you, his grandmother. I don't know if you saw that, but yeah. the kid that was holding the picture of his grandmother. That's yep. who the Atlanta Falcons drafted. Yep. I tell you, when you get a guy like that that dedicates his life to somebody that passed and, and, and you know, things like that, it's it's one of those stories that, that that's not the reason why you draft a kid like that. What I like about him is that he's very humble for somebody his age, um, and nothing means more to him than to be successful. And that's where the work ethic is going to come in with this kid is because he understands. Oh, he's going to make about, that team for without question. Oh, yeah. Oh, and imagine him with Vic Beasley. It's over. Good oh, luck, God. Good exactly. Luck, Good luck, Drew Brees. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad yeah. for those guys. But, yeah. you know, so that's what I liked about the, I like about that kid. He seems very, you know, uh, um, humble and, you know that like he like he doesn't take anything for granted, and that's good. You don't you don't want guys like that on your team. They're, well, I'm a first round pick. You better respect me. Put some respect yeah. on my name. Like, go sit down, rookie. <laughs> that, that, you know what I mean? Like, uh, no, no tea. It's respect. No tea. Yeah, I, I, I just learned this the other day. By the way, I, I <laughs> <laughs> like what? What, what are you talking? I, I, it's me getting old again. All right, we got 10 more minutes. Is there anything that you want to cover uh, in the last 10 minutes before I got to bail it? Or if you're going to keep going, I don't know if you're going to keep going or not. Uh, I I have not seen Tarvin in, in the uh, chat room or the, uh, the switchboard. I've been looking, uh, so he must be busy. Yeah, I messaged we I messaged him in our in our chat room, and I don't think yeah. he got a response yet. But so we'll just end it when you, when you uh, when you have to get off, Sonny. But um, got it. You know, I think that's um, the only thing. The only thing I think Philadelphia, as a city, did an awesome job hosting the draft this year. Uh huh. And it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if if they do it again next year. I, I like the whole outdoor theme. And that was awesome. You know, on, on the on the rocky stairs, and it was pretty cool. And um, you know, obviously with the drama that happened in the, on Friday night with uh. Drew Pearson of Dallas Cowboys. I thought that added a whole lot to the atmosphere of the draft because a lot of times, you know, you're just sitting in an auditorium and you're they're announcing picks and you either cheer or you boo, and that and that's it. But I like I like the way that they, they set the draft up, Sonny. And, and and you can hate Roger Goodell all you want, but I'm gonna tell you he has a lot to do with the way that the draft. Uh, uh, excitement has changed, you know, and and so I I hope they continue to do things like that where, you know, they have special guests announcing picks and the, the different ways that they do it instead of just the same dude coming out announcing pick after pick after pick. Um, yeah, you have to find ways to keep the keep the draft exciting and interesting and 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 I thought the NFL, you know, Roger Goodell, Commissioner Goodell and, and the city of Philadelphia, I thought they did an awesome job hosting I like the Rocky and, and the way they did it. I like yeah. the Rocky series. I, yeah, I, I got to give them that. Uh, the only thing I, I 
as much as I liked what was done. I just didn't like the delivery of who did it. And now, I know Drew Pearson personally, by the way. Uh, he used to be one of the owners of the Allen Wranglers indoor football team, you know, five years ago. Uh, I know Drew and know him well. And, um, and I know that every opportunity, the most hated team that, that he went was the Eagles. It wasn't the Giants and it wasn't the Redskins. It was the Eagles. So that wasn't just something that was built up for, for that because it was in Philadelphia. He probably would not have done that in Washington or New York. So I think the, the simple fact that they, they, they had him do it, I, although I think, this is just me, I think they went a little bit too far in it um, because, you know, talking about all the uh, Hall of Famers, I would think that they would have a Hall of Famer himself do it. Uh, unfortunately, Drew Pearson is not a Hall of Famer. And at one point, I thought he was, but he's not. Um, so um, he's in the Ring of Honor uh, here, and, and that's a big thing in Dallas. But I, I, I just really love to see someone. I, and believe me, I still don't know who. I was thinking who would have done that better. I mean, was it him? I don't know. I, I just thought maybe someone could have done it better or it was the wrong person to do it. Um, but when I well, listened to that, I, I just I, I just yeah, I just giggled to myself because it, it was just, you know, that it's that knife in the side. I think there was another number eighty eight that I think sort of probably brought even more drama. <laughs> that's what, that's who I thought I would have done. I, that's who I thought would have been better to do it, me personally. Yeah. I mean, and I don't like him at all, but I think for doing that, that would have been better. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, people and, – and a lot of the, the younger crowd know uh, – the, the younger crowd don't really know Drew Pearson, but they definitely know Michael Irvin. I agree. Irvin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I think Michael Irvin – Michael Irvin would have definitely been the better choice. Now, maybe they maybe they asked him to do it and he declined. I don't know, but uh, interesting. Believe me, I don't think Michael Irvin would have had a problem doing that. There's something about him and his personality tells me that he would have said, I, "Yeah, I'm on board with that." <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, yeah it, it, it is what it is. So, um, but um, draft. Like I said, didn't start off, but it, as soon as the, that's the roller coaster of the draft, and, and that's what makes it entertaining, and it's what the NFL sells in reality, Cuervo. I think the NFL is so happy it ended up this way because I think it would have been boring if they didn't have all the things that were going on in this draft. Uh, so they needed to figure out a way to make it more exciting. Say what you want about the NFL. They know how to sell something. And if they get their mind on selling it, they will figure out a way of doing it and doing it well. Yeah, they're the masters of it, Sonny. I mean, it, it, I mean, it's it's the most popular sport in the league to, to begin with, and to, for them to sell it the way they did and, and to keep the draft entertaining the way they did. Um, yes. You also I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times before this year that I watched the sixth and seventh round. Okay, I'll be honest. If I'm honest, I have never watched the sixth and seventh round. Um, I, I only go to see who Mr. Irrelevant was, and that's it. Because really, these guys aren't. Gonna, but they made they made the way to where Sonny actually tuned in for around six and seven. It is amazing. Yeah, I did too. I actually watched, you know, after the first round, which I don't really do too much. Maybe I'll watch a little bit of the second and the third round, 
And then fourth through seventh, forget it. I, I don't even care yeah. anymore. But we haven't we but, haven't watched the second round since we haven't been on air on Saturday morning anymore. I mean, when we were yeah. on Saturday morning, we went right with the draft, and and we it usually started right when we started our show. But uh, this is our third year not being on on Saturday morning, which bums me out. But at the same time, it's the way it is. Uh, but that having been said, good draft this year, good one. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what we're going to do. By next week, we'll be in the second round of the NBA playoffs. Uh, anything you want to just throw in there really quick, big game here. Uh, Doc Rivers' job may be on the line today. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, game sevens are never never an easy situation to be in. Um, you know, uh, hopefully Fred Hoiberg loses his job in Chicago because he's yes. a coach worth a, worth a dime. Um, that that was a great firing and the right firing. Well, if it happens, yes. It has, he hasn't been fired yet. But He's going to be. Well, and and my thing is, if they're going to fire him, they need to let they need to let Gar Foreman go to the general manager because uh, that that that's a good that point. Guy, <laughs> you know that that guy that guy can't. He can't. He can't manage his way out of a paper bag. I'm sorry. Well, he, he did. No... I mean, so you're not impressed with the Wade pickup, then? I'm assuming. No, no, not a. I mean, I, mean, I know he didn't play well for but, but I think when he signed, I mean, I mean, I, if I remember correctly, I think when they signed him, I, I think the I think Bulls fans were excited a little bit. Well, don't you? Or, or was or am I in well, left field? Yeah, yeah, no, and, and even even I was a little excited about it. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't ecstatic, but it was better than what we had. Okay, that's let's true. Just you Good know, but I will I will admit that it was better than what, what the what the uh, Bulls had at at the two guard. Um, so you know, but then just the way things have happened. I mean, I I just don't see if. Wade wants to leave. That's fine, but if he wants to, uh, either way, Dwayne Wade needs to be gone. Um, even if he wants to come back, the, the Bulls should tell him thanks, but no thanks. You know, and so that—that's just my opinion. I think it's time to get younger. It's time to draft and draft guys that are worth a damn. Um, and. Um, Build around Jimmy Butler. I mean, you know, that's the you know everybody's complaining about how he's not a leader, and, and probably because he doesn't feel like he's the leader. He's not. He's not the veteran of the team. When you have a Dwayne Wade who's won three championships, when you have Rajon Rondo who's won a championship, I wouldn't feel like the veteran either. I wouldn't feel like the leader either if I was if I was him. And they can try to sell it all they want in in, in the media. About no, no, this is Jimmy's team. This is, Jim- yeah, okay. Between the both of you, there's four championships. Okay, exactly. I don't even think hey, I don't hey, even think Jimmy Butler point. won four playoff games in his career. Yep. So, so you you're not selling that to me, buddy. There's yeah. no it's hey, the, the same thing. The injury like to Rondo the was paid for, but when that, I mean, maybe it's me, but that injury to Rondo really kind of hurt this team, and it came at a very, very bad time. I mean, because I think they could have put him away, obviously, in the first round, and then we could be talking about Butler being the guy uh, making waves in the playoffs. I really do. I think if they could have got past this first round, I think they could have – I'm not saying they would have won the championship, Cuervo, but I think, you know, trying to put Jimmy Butler on the map, 
I think it would have been it would have been success if they could have got him in the second round. Oh no, no, you're right, Sonny. You're absolutely right. And you know the the reason that the Bulls are are home now is because of the injury to Rajon Rondo. I agree. If I think they they could have got one of those four. Oh, without a doubt. Well, let me tell you. I mean, they were up two games to nothing. They won two games yeah. on the road. On and the then, road. Then. Yeah, and then Rondo goes down, and the complete that the series completely changed, yeah. completely changed. So, so that is the, that is the sole reason the Bulls are, are eliminated already. I agree, and and that's and that's going to be something you know that you're right. They're going to have to figure out to bring in bring in the guy uh, that that can keep them and help Jimmy Butler. If that's going to be the big question, will it'll be interesting to see what happens in the off season who they acquire and things of that sort. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about that next week. We're going to talk talk the NBA playoffs. We'll be in the second round at that time. This one's going to be a good one because it's time to now really start talking some NBA, obviously, as the playoffs are uh, where they are at. So uh, we'll talk that. We'll obviously talk more NFL when we get there. Baseball is getting into full swing here. It'll be within the first month of uh, baseball. Uh, surprises, you know, of who's where and uh, who's not where. Uh, are you worried about teams this early right now? We'll talk all that on next week, and we're going to do a full three hours next week. We will kick that one off at noon. Uh, so uh, we'll have our news and notes ready to go then. Okay, my friends? Sounds like a plan, Sonny. I'll be there. We'll do it. We'll do that next week here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. That's going to do it for us here as we get ready for Champions Indoor Football. Texas Revolution taking on the Amarillo Venom live from the Allen Event Center. We're not doing the play-by-play, but you can get all over there, my looks. I hope everybody has a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Whatever. Sounds good, Sonny. You take care. Have a good week. You bet. Everybody have a good one. We're out of here. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.